Welcome to Take a Wonder with Shebs, the show that features some of the biggest travel bloggers, TV and radio personalities and journalists from all around the world. Each show aims to take my guest on a wonder and uncover topics that may not be discussed on their platforms or in the media, whether that's the state of travel blogging and journalism as it is today, or whether there's enough diversity within the industry. Perhaps what impact technology and social media have had on content creation, or in general the impact of current affairs on the industry. I also try and find out the journey behind each individual's success, as this is more important to me than the actual travel. This episode aired on my YouTube channel on the 1st of February 2021, and it's with Herman Delamelina. Herman owns his own company called Hernan Travel, and we spoke about why Africa should be a place to travel to once the pandemic is over. All of that and much more. Hey, how's it going? Hi, Chefs, how are you? I'm not too bad, how are you, sir? I'm very, very good, thanks. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. It's been a, it's a pleasure, absolute pleasure. So, um, so, how is South Africa at the minute? How is Cape Town? Well, Cape Town, it is a beautiful city. I just remember we are in winter and uh, dates are much shorter now, so it's quite dark and cold but other than that it's beautiful you've got your own business and so we'll get onto that in, in, in shortly but um how did you end up in south africa then so um <laughs> i mean you, you you obviously got into traveling and stuff so how did the traveling aspect start with you then well i mean it's it started when i was a kid i was like traveling um i'm quite a older generation so traveling was difficult in those times but once we started, my parents, my father was um, transferred to South Korea. So we lived there for two years. We traveled around okay. Asia. We were very lucky about that. And then when I finished university, I moved to Europe. And first the States for modeling. And then I went to Europe and I did modeling for many years. So that caused me to travel around quite a lot. And then I happened to come to South Africa for modeling. And I really loved Cape Town. It was just stuck in my heart. And I, I came every summer. So... Um, European winter, I would just spend summer here working and then go back to Europe. And that's how they decided, no, I have to stop this and I have to live in Cape Town. So I moved to Cape Town and then <clears throat> looking to something to do for work, traveling seemed the most logical thing. And I started my travel agency. What was it that caught your eye? Was it just the culture? Was it people? Was it the food? What was it that first? Um... Well, look, when, when you come to Africa, then you realize, um, the connection with nature they have in in general i think not only south african people but in general um it was very strange to see how people were taking care of plants or taking care of animals like i would scream oh cockroach kill it and they'll be like no no take it out yeah. you know it's very very people here in africa are very connected to nature which i really loved but also i mean cape town is such a beautiful place and when you do one oh, yeah. safari you do one safari and it's just mesmerized and i really really i don't know just caught me and I really love everything about Africa. Every destination you go to is just amazing. Each one has a, its own precious magic, if you want to call it. Whereabouts in Peru are you from then? I'm, I am from Lima. Um, Lima, okay. I live, you know Miraflores? Yes, I know Miraflores very well. There's the big so, um, cat place, shopping. cat park, isn't there? Oh, the cat park, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is quite oh, funny. Yeah. It wasn't that when I left Peru, which is many years ago, but then when I remember one of my trips back to Peru, I see all these cats in the park and I'm like, what is wrong with these cats? You know, and it's actually become a cat park. It's very famous for all the cats yeah, that yeah, live yeah. in the park. Absolutely. Well, I live very close to that. Do you know that shopping mall on the cliffs? 
Yes, I remember. Well, is that where it's got the um, the Paddington Bear as well? Yes, yes, yes. yes so yes, I, I, I live two blocks from. I literally used to live two two blocks from there. So oh, okay. I because I live in Af in South Africa, I organize trips for all all of Africa. I mean the the places that one can visit, but I also do trips to Peru. I mean I I know Peru ex perfect. When I went to Peru itself, I mean I did uh, pretty much not all the country, but I did. From Lima, then I went through to um, Puno, then did the Machu Picchu trek, and so I have spoken about do, it. Did you do yeah, the Inca Trail? I didn't do the Inca Trail. I, the Inca Trail was something that I had to book right. months yeah, yeah. in advance, and with the way I book things, it's very last minute. So right. I I booked. I found the Laris trek. Luckily, there was a few spaces left, so I booked that. Yeah. And the Laris trek was, um, I have to say, the Laris trek was unbelievable because, you know, you managed to have the entire trail to yourself, which was... That's true. I, I think that was pretty pretty good because um, there was like 12 of us and then you're climbing up and you think, so actually, there's no other... And when I spoke to my friends on the other groups, they said there's like 500 people, so... It's 500 people a day. Um, I, I organised my, my 40th birthday with friends I'm going to say how long ago. Um, <laughs> uh, we were 20. So we were 20 plus. We had porters and people that carried all the, you know, the kitchen stuff and everything. So in total, our group was 35 people. Okay. Um, we only saw other people on the second day um, at night. And then on the last night, yes, you sleep on the last campsite where everybody sleeps together. Uh, so then we saw a lot of people, but it, I, it didn't feel like a lot of traffic. It just felt quite nice. The thing was, we saw a lot of free Inca ruins on the way, mm. which is oh, yeah, yeah. It's unique, unique to that trail. But other, other than that, it's all good. It was physically one of the most toughest thing I've ever done in my... <laughs> because, uh, it was just the altitude at the time, trekking yeah. through. There's no... I mean, I, I got dehydrated as well as... Oh, being behind. Well, what happened was because the Laris Trek, the second day, you are... You leave the campsite around about 6 a.m. So you wake up at mm. 5, have breakfast, leave at 6. And then they say it could take up to 7, 8 hours, or depending on how quickly you go, right. to get to your next base, which is lunch. So I remember I only had, uh, it was like a rookie mistake. I only had like a two-liter pack. And if I'd known prior to it, if I'd done a bit more research, I would have maybe carried a four-liter four pack, you know, because you can buy these camel right. packs on, yeah, on yeah, the bag yeah. and stuff so i only had like a, a two liter and it wasn't enough so obviously by the first time the first stage i got to it it was getting higher and higher <laughs> i drank way too much i think i drank like the first liter like at the beginning yeah, yeah within like the first two hours so that only left me with one more liter left which wasn't going to be enough for the next five hours or whatever <laughs> it's going to be and then it was because obviously the higher and higher you go, the more you know it gets more colder the and harder colder, it gets. But yeah, harder it gets. So you're, you're drinking more, and then when you were going back down, it was getting hotter and hotter and hotter. And you're like, and you have to literally just take off your jacket, your you know your jumper or sweater, yeah. and then you're literally what's, sweating. What's the highest you get? You get on the on that. So it was four thousand eight hundred meters. Right. So it's higher than the Inca Trek. So the yeah, Inca Trek the, the, is the less. It's called it's called the Dead Dead Woman's Pass. It's four thousand six hundred. That's super, super cold. It, 
Inca trek is longer in terms of length, so you right. walk you walk more. But it doesn't. It doesn't mean that you're physically going to be doing more. It just means that there's slightly more, you know, straight walking or whatnot. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I found it. You know, it was physically one. But then once you got to the camp, I remember I dehydrated. But I've spoke. I've written it in my in my in my story where the stupidity of drinking it all. And then once I got up to the top, thinking, "Oh, this is it." I forgot that we were going back down, <laughs> so I drank almost all of my water. And then next thing you know, I'm walking down. And I'm really struggling. I'm like, and then I remember there was, I saw a documentary a few years back where you know, a really experienced um, hiker, part, you know, died because of dehydration. So that came into my head thinking, oh my God, I've got another two hours to walk down. Do I have enough water? <laughs> and then next thing you know, you know, I made it down and you know, I was like, the, the, the porters, listen, quickly get me some water. And I, I think I drank. I mean, I must have drank like two liters within like two <laughs> two minutes, but that was That's dangerous crazy. actually because my head was spinning. And but that was that was I mean that was the magic of Machu Picchu because you're going to go through uh, struggles of that. But yeah. I mean, no, I mean, I absolutely loved it. Which is why one of my questions is: I know you've obviously gone to Peru, but do, do you miss it on a on a on a on a daily basis, or is it because you've left there a long time ago? It doesn't really. You know, I left. Really... I left Peru a long, long time ago. So I. I don't know how to explain it. I miss going there for the friends and the family, but then it's been so long that when you get there, it's it's a very different situation than what you remember it used to be. So it's not like look, I miss the food. Yeah, yeah, all the food is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and I love Peru, and I I will go as many times as I can. But I'm very very happy living here. So um, you know, I, I just made it my home, Cape Town. And, and how, how long have you lived in Cape Town for now? South Africa. I've been. I've been here now for 11 years. Oh, 11 years. Okay. So uh, yeah. you moved That's here back in 2009, was it? 2008. So this is going to be the 12th year. Yeah. Um, I've been very fortunate to travel around Africa. And that's also another thing that um, when I started having the chance of creating the agency, because it just didn't happen yeah. like that. I mean, a lot of people started asking, <clears throat> sorry, um, like advice or they wanted, they were like, oh, we're coming to South Africa. Where should we go? Can you help us with the hotel? Um, which safari do you recommend? So then I started thinking, well, you know, I'm doing all this for friends. I should just do yeah, it yeah. as a profession. Um, okay. But that was also because I've been to these places. So I know exactly where people are going. Is that how it started then, the agency? So you yeah. started, started trapping yourself. You knew where to go, knew exactly what the hotspots were. Did you think, oh, I think there's a business here? Oh, it Absolutely. Well, actually, the, the first few people that I gave advice to to come to South Africa, you know, like, Herman, I'm coming to Cape Town and I want to do a safari. So then I started telling them and then they would tell me, oh, my God, that was a great advice. We had so much fun. You should do this for a living, you know, and yeah, then you, yeah. hear that a, you hear that a couple of times and you go like, hmm, maybe I should. <laughs> Obviously still modeling at the time. So how did you go well, about sort of just saying to yourself, right, okay, I'm going to start a business and I, I can I can do this on a full-time basis. I, right. I, I'm assuming this was around about 10 years ago, 11 years ago. How long ago was it? No, no, the, the agency started about three years ago. And, and, and I know it doesn't look like it, but I do still model sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, um, just more selective with, with the jobs you do. And then also, also, you can't go to castings to all of them. So the options for jobs are much less than before yeah. <clears throat> but I'm, my agency knows about it my agency knows i'm busy with my own business so yeah. if they send me to a casting and i can't go they understand so yeah 
I mean, it's it's quite easy to do both of them. Okay. And what is so unique about your agency? That would you give advice to people who wanted to go to Rwanda, Kenya? Would you give advice? Look, or was it just mainly South Africa? No, no, no. Everywhere. Um, like I said, actually, okay, what makes unique my agency is that I, I do it very personalized. Like I, I don't assign somebody to talk to my clients. I call them, I talk to them, I give them the advice that I know. For example, I went last year to Egypt because I wanted to start selling Egypt. Okay. So I didn't want I didn't want to send people to Egypt without knowing the process of the trip there. Yeah. You know, so I've been I've been to East Africa, I've been to all of Southern Africa. So when people say to me, Herman, um, we want to go to Africa and we have 10 days, what do you recommend? You know, so I call them, we have a chat and it's it's always how many days, how many people, and what's your budget? And according to that, we can organize a very, very nice trip adapted to what they were looking for and what they can afford. So yeah, um, I think that's that's what separates me from any other agency. Um, from day one, they have my, my number and they contact me on WhatsApp. So the whole planning is on WhatsApp. And then once they get here, I'm available on WhatsApp for anything. Come on, oh, wow. uh, we're, very, we're very tired. Uh, after the tour to Cape Point, but uh, which restaurant do you recommend? Or, okay. you know, anything. Or, oh, we want to go to a bar, which which is a nice bar, and we like 90s music. So then I go, like, oh, you need to go to this bar. You know, so I'm always available um, 24-7. Even even um, last this, last January, I, I was in Big Falls, and my yeah. clients happened to be in Big Falls at the same time, and they were calling me while we were both in Victoria Falls to get advice you know but i had another family here in in cape town and i also i was i was available they could preach me even even when i was there you know so um always make sure that they're okay i, I contact them in the morning and say are you okay today what are you going to do to do you know what are your plans for dinner i, I just like to make sure they're having a good time what i like about what you've just said about your business model is you've got that personal touch. So if I needed you, I said, well, listen, I'm on, you know, where do I go? You know, what, what, where can you get the best food? You're there going, right, okay, I know this place. I've eaten there. And right. that is actually more unique than speaking to a travel agent, you know, that has never been or, or even off research, really. Yeah. Or even doing TripAdvisor. I mean, you're going to Google, go on yeah. TripAdvisor and search for best restaurants in Cape Town, and they're going to give you a huge list and you can look at all the stars and then after that you have to make a decision which one you're going to go to but with me like you just call me and say herman we want a fancy dinner um what restaurant do you recommend so i'm like look my favorite my favorite is this one and i think you're going to love it but if not you can go to, go to this other one which is also nice you know so i'm i sometimes feel that my clients that get get annoyed because i'm on whatsapp asking them if they're okay so oh, i've okay. learned to not be too pushy but they yeah. know that they know that I'm available for anything they want. Um, it's it's one of the great things about this is most of my clients go back home and we're friends. Um, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, I get a lot of times my clients go like, oh, join us for dinner or come with us for, for drinks tonight or let's do breakfast tomorrow before we leave. You know, so it, it becomes a, a nice relationship. So I'm, well, I'm quite happy with it. People that have told me when they've traveled, it's all about connecting with people around the world. And yeah. I do it as well. When I go to and I book things with agencies locally, I you know, want to become friends with them and talk to them and stuff. But only because, yeah. you know, they know the country well. You can get yeah. a lot of history lessons. You know, they can tell you where to go. 
all that sort of stuff. You won't, you're not going to get that from an agency, you know, an agent here, you see, let's just say in your own country and stuff. And I think that's more, uh, that's absolutely. very unique and stuff um, regarding it. Yeah, no, I'm very proud of, of, of what I do. And like also most of my clients are from Peru or South America. So my guides are Spanish speaking as well. Okay. Um, I, I can tell you stories, but for example, one that I'll never forget, and it's actually on, on my YouTube channel. I interview them after their trip. Okay, um, yeah. They love the guide. They fell in love with Alicia. She's from Argentina. Oh, well. Okay. <laughs> um, because the couple was a Spanish, Peruvian, Spanish-speaking girl and okay. an American guy. So Spanish and English. So Alicia was perfect. She spoke Spanish and she spoke English and she took them around for all the tours. <clears throat> they love her and they really liked me. So I went with them to Lion's Head and then we went to do SUP, the stand-up paddleboard. And Alicia, then later on, she calls me, the, the, the tour guide, and she says, Herman, the guys have invited me to dinner. Um, are you going to come with? So I go like, no, they haven't told me anything. She goes, no, no, but they were planning and they were saying they were going to call you and I was going to come to dinner. So instead of going to a restaurant, I've invited them to my house. So we all went to her house for dinner, <laughs> to okay. the tour guide's house for dinner. I mean, these guys were blown out of their mind. They couldn't believe how much fun they had in, in Cape Town. You know, so that, for me, that's the type of approach I give to my clients. A lot of clients are not willing for that. They're not interested, so they want to keep yeah, yeah. it. You know, we of keep course. our distance and they do their own yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. But, um, but like I said, I'm always available. And what sort of, I mean, let's just say, for example, I was looking at, I was looking at with a friend, for example, going to Kilimanjaro. And I was looking mm -hmm. at going to the impenetrable forest. If I was to come to you and say, listen, I, I want to do, I wanted to do Kenya, Rwanda, Uganda. I've got four weeks, maybe do, um, at Tanzania as well. Yes. Can you come up with, is it, is there like a package deal you could do? Or, I mean, how competitive are you with other? I don't do package deals. Like for example, a lot of people ask me and say, can you send me an itinerary? Can you send me a package? Do you sell packages? You know, when they say, um, East Africa uh, or Kenya and Uganda for, $5,000, for example, right? I don't do that, but I can. I can. Um, my suppliers will give me a package, which mm -hmm. means that you you and your friend will join a group at a certain price for a certain amount of days. That's that's. But what I like to do is personalize the trip. So you, say, you tell me, Herman, I want to do Kilimanjaro. For example, there you will have to join a group because okay. to go on your own, it's quite expensive yeah. Yeah, yeah, then yeah. you join a group so you can do the 10 days or the seven days or the five day hike you know and then after that i'll be like okay so after that you go alone and then do serengeti and ngorongoro which are the, the typical safaris that people do and then you go to uganda to the gorillas and then for example zanzibar to the beach spend a few days on the beach you know so i like to organize things according to what the clients want to do okay. um, as much as private as can be, because it's obviously much nicer. But also, like I said before, it depends on, on the budget. You know? okay, okay. East Africa, East Africa, it's quite expensive, and four weeks, yeah. you know, it's a long time. And most of mm -hmm. the most of the the trip around East Africa will be full board, because okay. you're going to very secluded places. Um, but it is an amazing place to go. The impenetrable forest uh, that you're talking about is in in Uganda, where you see the gorillas. Yeah, so, right. Okay, um, yeah. That I did it last year. Like I said before, I like to to know the destinations where I send people to. So I haven't been to Uganda, and I went to see the gorillas. Mind-blowing experience. Mm -hmm. Absolutely a must for everyone that loves wildlife. It's it's beautiful. Um, but yeah, like, and then you do Kenya, 
so the funny thing about Kenya is that Kenya doesn't have as many parks, national parks to do safaris as Tanzania. Tanzania is the one country where everybody goes for the migration and it's got like 10 national parks. And part of Tanzania is Zanzibar as well. So you can go to the beach. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a pretty complete country, Tanzania, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, a trip, a trip to Kilimanjaro, the gorillas, the, the safaris, and then the beach. It's the perfect African dream. So you can literally plan to the team exactly. Yeah, yeah. What yeah, about no, think, think, things like let's just say also someone likes to be like myself who likes to be spontaneous at times and mm-hmm. go with the flow. You know, I say to you, right, Haman, can I give you a call in a couple of days' time after I sort of have a feel? I can do that as well. It is a bit more complicated in Africa, okay. especially if, for example, I was going to suggest about Cape Town. When you come to Cape Town, you have to book a restaurant two or three months in advance because so, the good uh, restaurants. Yeah especially in high season, which is summer, everything's booked. So I tell my clients, I say, please book at least a month in advance. Here's a list of restaurants. And sometimes they don't book. And then they come here and they go like, oh, but I didn't book. Where should I go? And I, I, I call the restaurants and be like, okay, there's space on these, at, at these restaurants so you can go. It's the same for safaris because you're going to safari lodges, which are away yeah. from the city. It's not like you can be in one place and then say, oh, you know what? I'm bored. I'm going to go tomorrow to this other place and see if they have accommodation. Um, so it is very, very recommendable to book in advance, um, okay. especially the safari sections. I mean, for example, the gorillas is the same as the Inca Trail. You need to buy your yeah. permit for the gorillas at least six months in advance. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. So that, that will they have, me. <laughs> no, but look, you know, with this situation, I mean, with the, yeah. the, with the crisis, I'm, I'm trying to book a place for the flower season here in Cape Town when spring okay. Uh, north of Cape Town, there's this plains of flowers. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. I haven't been able to go yet. Um, so I'm trying to book and everybody was telling me too late because everything is fully booked a year in advance. There's a lot of availability right now. Well, so I'm, I'm sure the gorillas will be the same. Since the tourism has completely shut down, I mean, I'm assuming your business has sort of had a massive <laughs> effect on that. And it's, is, it's dead, is, yeah. it, I mean, uh, do you, do you employ people as it, as it sort of had an, as it, as it had a massive effect? Do you have to, have, have you had to sort of let people go or? Well, no, very lucky. Um, because I do, I mean, I have a supplier that does, okay. all I, and then the tour guides, I hire them. So I have five or six tour guides that try to work for me, okay. but they also do their own independent, um, work. So it's not like I, they are under my salary. Um, okay. Yeah. So lucky, very, very lucky for me. Um, I haven't had to fire anyone or I still don't have to pay salaries through this period of time. Otherwise I wouldn't survive. And which is what unfortunately is happening to a lot of, a lot of travel agencies are of course. going through this issue. They either have to fire people or they just have to close. Anyone listening now, so if any, you know, when Africa opens up, call her man, you know, <laughs> use your man to go to. And li- I mean, I also say, safe. also say support the independent businesses that's my that's what i say the bigger businesses will survive of course well i say survive there's there's, there's going to be struggles in terms of maybe letting people go but they're big enough i mean they, they will survive yeah, yeah, yeah. so but yourself no, but, i mean you're a small business you know right i think it's important that people come to you <laughs> thank you yes please do <laughs> no but um i mean even for example i'm, I'm not going to say names but one of the biggest travel agencies in, in africa um i heard they had to let go almost 30 percent of their staff you know so um i think what is happening now um i don't want to call myself as a small agency it's just i keep myself small because i want to be very personal 
against the middle ones, the, the little travel agencies that, that were working fine and they probably had like 10 employees or something like that. Those are the ones that really struggle and they're going to have to close. Um, but the big ones will just reduce their staff, which they'll get back again when everything starts again. But uh, I think the one in the middle is the one that's going to really, really struggle. When you get time to travel yourself, let's just say out of mm. Africa, you, you're still, you can still obviously work from anywhere. So yeah, yeah. I guess you can take your work remotely anywhere, can't you? So uh, oh, I think I'm, I'm still in touch with everyone. Look, um, last year I went to, like I said, I went to Egypt for 10 days and I did have clients coming to Cape Town. I, I do tell them, I said, look, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, the days that you're here, I'm going to be away. But here's my number. I'm going to be reachable on, on WhatsApp for anything you want. And here's a number for the guy that is going to take care of you during the trip. So if anything happens, she can con contact me or you guys can contact me directly. I mean, I was in the pyramids taking photos of uh, beautiful pyramids, answering WhatsApp to my clients here. You know, so yeah, 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 um, yeah. my friend that I was with was like, what are you doing? I'm like, this is a client. He's asking me something. <laughs> but course, it's part it. of the job. And I, I really don't mind it. I like sharing what I know and I like making sure that yeah. um, people will have the greatest experience. So, for example, this restaurant is my favorite, right? Uh, the Potluck Club. So I tell people, you have to go to the Potluck Club. And this is mistake I did at the beginning. I was saying, you have to. And then I would get angry if they didn't. Because I'd be like, but why didn't you go? It's the best restaurant. So now I've learned to give my advice and tell them I really think you should go. And if they don't, it's their priority. So it's absolutely fine. I know I did my best, right? That's that's how I see it. The name itself, where did the name come from? <laughs> okay. So um, I was thinking of names for the company, of course, and I can't use my name because German uh, is yes, spelled like German. So yes. it's spelled like German. So for the English speaking, Will be confusing because they would be German travel and they think I'm either yeah. just for the German market or sending you to Germany. So um, <laughs> I remember, I remember that um, when I was a kid, I couldn't pronounce my name. So instead of Herman, I would say Nanan. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I have a few aunts that still call me Nanan. So then I thought, okay, this makes sense. It sounds quite nice and it's actually a visually nice word. So I thought, well, there, there you go, yeah. Nanan travel. So it's, it's as simple as that, isn't it? Where it's <laughs> something that you called yourself when you were a, a, a little kid and next yeah. thing you know, you got a company named after it. So, um, actually, you know what? It makes me think that I should have changed my name to that long time ago because I've struggled with my name so much through all my life because traveling as a model, I went to you know, yeah. English-speaking countries or even if it wasn't a Spanish-speaking country, they would struggle to pronounce my name, especially if they read it. You know, when you, you read my name, it says German. So yeah, it, I was like, why don't I just call myself Nanan? But anyway, too late for that now. <laughs> well, it's, it's I guess it's your your business name, isn't it? So yes. if anyone needs to, they'll know you automatically. Oh yeah, Nanan travel. It's your travel. So what what else do you like to do to sort of relax? Do you sort of go out to dinner? Oh, do you uh, hit, look, go to the gym? Obviously, and stuff? I mean, uh, I I look if I give you my routine, so I'll wake up, I'll go to the gym because, like I said, my clients are in South America, so I'm not busy until three o'clock in the afternoon or okay. four. Um, I am planning whatever I have to have for my clients, but I'm waiting for them to wake up. So I go to the gym, I do a bit of work, and then I'm busy with them. But I, like, like I said, I go to the gym outdoors. I'm in Cape Town City, surrounded by mountains. Or I could say the city surrounds the mountains better because we're yeah. literally, that's what we do. And then you have the ocean, right? You have the Indian Ocean, you have the Atlantic Ocean. 
Um, so there's so much outdoor activities to do. It's it's quite incredible. I mean, hikes. I can literally, from oh, yeah. my apartment, walk up to Lion's Head without having to get in a car. So outdoors is great, and I love the beach. I'm a hundred percent a beach bum. Yeah, a beach bum. So yeah. this is yeah, this is a the perfect city to live. You know, you have a mountain, you have a beach, you have great weather year round. Even though I just complained that it's cold, but it's winter. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, like I would say, my my hobbies would be traveling outdoor sports and yes dining out for sure we're very lucky about food in in cape town for sure where would you say you've been to so far then in africa or anywhere in the world okay i always say my five favorite cities in the world um are obviously cape town um i love vancouver i think it's an absolutely okay, beautiful vancouver, city yeah um i love rio but i have yeah. to be honest it's because the beach side of rio ipanema and copacabana is okay, just yeah. magic I love Zurich. Zurich is a very, okay, very beautiful yeah. city. Yeah. yeah. And Cusco. Okay, I, yeah. I think I think Cusco is an absolutely beautiful city. It's too bad that it's so high in altitude because I mean you yes. can't you can't walk for twenty minutes because you're out of breath. But I mean those I always say are my favorite cities. But I'm That's quite right. curious I mean, about Norway. Cape Town. I absolutely loved Cape Town when I came. Um, yeah. You know, I I think I came in September as well, and it wasn't as busy as this is because yeah. your summertime is you're talking October, December. November, Dece- December, isn't it? So, November, so, from November to March, April. Yeah. Right. Okay. So it wasn't as busy. So when you were saying to saying earlier that you have to book restaurants and stuff, I didn't have that issue, and you know, I went to some really nice restaurants and stuff, <laughs> but um, the the others that you mentioned, Vancouver, uh, Rio, um, I mean, I was in Vancouver last year and stuff, and for the first three days, I remember it rained nonstop. Oh. You know, it did, just did <laughs> not stop raining and stuff. So, I mean, that took a little bit of gloss off the off the place, but yeah, it was, was still a very nice city. I was very fortunate. I was there for a week, and it didn't rain a single, a single time. And my friends in Vancouver mm-hmm. were like, it usually rains all the time. So yeah. you were very lucky. I mean, I, I had a great time. It was fantastic. Rio, I said it's a, it's a city where you have to go at least more than once in your life because you can go to some countries and some places, you know, maybe once and say, you know what, I've got a feeling there, I don't know. But Rio, there was just, as you just said, the beach, the people, you know, if you're quite a religious man, all you have to do is look up and the Christ <laughs> is up there. You can put yeah. your prayer through and stuff. But And the favela as well. I mean, it was just something incredible. Um, it's real surprises. Oh, I mean, you know, I mean, it was surprising because I stayed right by Copacabana Beach, and mm-hmm. at night time, all of a sudden, you don't see them during the day. People who are living on the streets will just appear from nowhere, and you're like, "Where are all these people? Where were all these people all this time?" True, true. They just I mean, I say, flop the flop the street, and it's like, my God, you know, I, I didn't think it was that bad. But then I stayed in Ipanema. It's even worse, right? I stayed in Ipanema, which is like next door. You literally walk a few yeah, blocks, yeah, yeah. turn around the corner, and there's Copacabana. And it's the same. Ipanema is not as bad, but then we went to Copacabana, and then we ended up having dinner there. And on the way back, what you said, all the street people were just like all over the place. And you just go, like, where were yeah. they when we came here? You know, it's, it's quite crazy. No, but I, what I wanted to comment about my, my favorite cities is um, I could live on any of those cities because they are yeah. absolutely beautiful, but all of them have one thing. Or, or something that I don't like. For example, Vancouver is the rain or or the cold winters right. and short days. Right, okay. Zurich the same. Ipanema, or I mean, 
Rio is way too humid. I mean, okay, literally yeah. there is too humid, you know, and Cusco is the altitude. But I have to say, thinking about it, I do love Chicago, but it's also oh, very Chicago. cool city in the winter. Okay. Yeah. Have you been? I've been to America, but I've not quite been to, to that part of America as of yet. Oh, Chicago, Chicago is my favorite city in the States. In the States, I've, oh, okay. I've, been to, I've been to San Francisco, San Diego, LA, I mean, almost all over. And Chicago would be my, my favorite one of, of all the cities in the States. But again, oh, okay. winter is super cold and windy, so that's a no-no. <laughs> you must have tried the food in every place that you've been to. Well, what would you say? <laughs> I mean, can you pick your favorite cuisine? Because I know you said you love your food in Peru. You yeah, can't really no, pick I can't, one, can you? I can't pick a favorite. Look, um, it's the problem is that, first of all, if you love food, how can you pick one specifically? Yeah. I mean, I love Cuban food, for example. It's not a very popular thing to find around the world. But mm. I, I, lived in Miami, I lived in Miami for a year, and I mean, believe me, they call it moros y cristianos, which is simple white rice with beans, black beans. Okay, love it, okay. you know, and I could just eat that all day. Um, picadillo and all that, but I love Indian food, Peruvian food. I mean, no, I can't pick one specifically. Maybe a specific dish from each uh, cuisine. Maybe I could go with that. But don't tell me you have to pick one because it's impossible. I love food myself. I can eat any cuisine in, from the world, you know, I, one thing that really disappoints me when people when people go away somewhere, let's just say they're from the UK, um, <laughs> and they go to let's just say South Africa or Peru, and they don't try the food and just oh, stick no, no. to maybe burger and fries and stuff. I mean, I mean it's not annoying, but why would you go all the way there when you know you can get burger and fries in anywhere. the UK anywhere yeah, in anywhere? anywhere. Why, why would you? Why would you? Why would you not try at least? It's just no, no, it's, it baffles absolutely. me. Absolutely, I, I agree with you. Look, I'm I'm very complicated for with food because there are certain things I want to eat, you know, like brains or stuff like that. Oh yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I'm, course, I'm yeah, willing. Course, yeah. <laughs> Look, there's people that will eat anything. My mother was like that. My mother would try anything. We when we traveled through Asia, she ate um, scorpions and crickets and all yeah. of that. And she was like, "Here, come on, try one." I'm like, "No, I'm not trying it." But um. But but I will. I'm willing. I want to try uh, what they have. You know what I will eat from what they have. I'll try it. But yeah, I don't understand people who don't. Um, South Africa, for example, has the mixture of the, what they call the, the Malay cuisine, which will be kind of, yeah um, curry and all of that traditional Indian type of cuisine. And then they have um, the what they call the braai, which is a barbecue. They, it's Africans oh, love to okay, do yeah. barbecue. I have to say. They know how to cook meat. It's the best meat I've ever eaten. It's here. They, all of them, they just, oh. they braai and they make their meat and it's perfect. I mean, I remember I went to, I think it might have been Uchon or Stellenbosch. It was one of those places. Yeah. I ordered a chicken platter or something. And when, <laughs> the, when the plate came out, it, I, I swear there must have been enough chicken for maybe four people. And I looked at it <laughs> and, and, I, and I said to the waitress, Oh my God, is this all for me? And she went, in South Africa, our men eat a lot. So and I was like, <laughs> and uh, you see the South, you see the South Africans in, in uh, when I, when I've, you know, you, you watch the rugby players or you yeah. watch the cricketers mm. and they're big guys, but they're not, you know, they're not overweight or anything. They're just no, no, no. really strong, aren't they? And they, I, um, I think Dutch, they eat a lot. They're Dutch descended. And like I said, they live with eating barbecues so it's all meat and meat constantly all the time um i'm not a big red meat eater but um i have to say the one when i eat it 
it's they know how to cook it very well. Unfortunately, yeah, I don't know. So I'm happy they do. <laughs> if you were to go outside of Africa, where would you would you go back to Peru for for a bit or to see your family or? Then my brother came with his family, which is the two kids yeah. and his wife, and they were locked here during lockdown. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so so there's really no need for me to go to Peru to see my family. Um, um, if I were to choose where to go freely, um, like I said before, I want to go to Norway. There's something about Norway that it's got my attention for the last year. But I also would probably want to go to um, Indonesia. My other trip that I really, really want to do is Madagascar. Oh, Madagascar is on my list as well. Yeah. I, have a, I, I have a friend that went there a couple of years ago. I think... The type of, I mean, they went, uh, they, they, there were a couple. So when they went, I don't think they booked, this is where they probably should have spoken to you because when they booked it through an agency, they didn't really talk about what she'd like, what he'd like. And what and he'd liked was something that he, he liked it, living it rough, living in like a local. What she liked was like a hotel, you know, Flashy sort no, of. Madagascar, you have to be very, very careful where you booked and where you end up staying because, unfortunately, it's a very, very poor country. Yeah. Really bad connections. So you have to be very careful how you move from one place to another. And it's such a big island. It's I think it's the fourth biggest island in the world. So to move from one side to another, you have to plan very, very well your trip. And this is one I, the one thing I say. Madagascar, a four-star a four hotel is more like a three. So you always okay. have to book five stars. You have to book five stars because okay. there will be five stars luxury or the normal five stars. Um, unless you want to go rough, which is, you know, your priority, but then rough is really, really rough. You have to be careful what you eat uh, with the yeah. water and all that. And then the heat and the mosquitoes. I mean, it is a very, um, I don't want to say dangerous destination because it sounds horrible, but it's a destination where you have to be very well prepared and to know where you're going with me it's always the urge you know i have an urge to go somewhere is that the same with you where it's like i feel yes. it like, as you were saying you were feeling norway you don't know why that's exactly the same with me it might i might be thinking about uganda or kenya and then literally before i go i'll be like no i've changed my mind i prefer, i want i really want to go to i don't know tanzania it it, it, it just <laughs> comes that but that i think that is better then yeah, you've booked I mean, something if, months, months ahead. That's, but that's and if you manage to travel to places where you can just go. Like, that's the thing that, that happens when you live in Europe and you're used to just popping a plane and go somewhere. And then when you yeah. get there, you say, I'll find accommodation. See, Africa, you can't really do that. In Peru, we have a saying that is called uh, the three Bs. So in Spanish, it's bueno, bonito y barato. They all words okay. start with B, which means good, um, beautiful, and cheap. Right. So I always say in Africa, you get the two, which is good and beautiful, but you don't get the third B because it's cheap. Oh, the okay, three of them okay. don't go together. But in Europe, you can get that and most of the world. So unfortunately, when it comes to Africa, you have to say, OK, I'm going here and you have to stick with it, stick with that and plan in advance. But I mean, Europe, last year I went to Europe and I was in Barcelona and I thought, OK, I'm going to go spend 10 days in Norway. Because like I said, it's been stuck in my head. But then I went to Egypt and then on the way back, I was like, no, you know, I'm going to stay in Barcelona with my friends. So at the end, I didn't go. So it's still something I want to do. So your agency, you've got that agency where you book things and you have to within Africa. But um, mm -hmm. this is why when I was asking you earlier, you know, could I just say to you, oh, Herman, I, you know, I, I've changed my mind here. Could you sort something else out of it? I know you said it's slightly harder for you and stuff, but I, I think that's one, can be of, one of the beauties. Yeah. 
Yeah, remember that couple I told you that uh, ended up having dinner with the guide and I would join them and we went to do yeah. all this stuff together. They came for seven days and then they ended up staying 12 days. So they called me and they yeah. said, well, we want to stay longer. Can we extend the hotel? So I called the hotel. The hotel said, yes, it's fine. So then luckily they wanted to stay, not go somewhere else um, right away. But then, you know, if you do changes like that, it can be organized. You know, especially if you're already in a hotel, you can be like, oh, my client wants to stay two more nights or um, tonight they want to go somewhere else, you know. So the, those type of things, yeah. But to actually be like you said, I'm going to Uganda and then change your, your mind the day before and be like, now I'm going to go to Tanzania. Because also you have to book in advance and deposits are not returned, yeah. blah, 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 all that. You know, it's a bit complicated. Yeah. But look, if you can travel and be spontaneous and get on a plane and go somewhere just because you decided, it's fantastic. You have to be very smart as well. So, for example, I know when I went to Zimbabwe, you need a visa and stuff on arrival. So certain places, of course, like India, you need a visa prior to going. China, you can't just book. So you've got to be very <laughs> smart. So, but saying that, I mean, I've had trouble... Um, I booked the China visa literally days before I went, India visa days before I went, but it <laughs> right. can be done, but you don't want to go, you don't want to be in that situation where you're sweating thinking, my goodness, I'm going to get my, am I going to get my visa before I fly out and stuff? So, right, um, right. Or, or are they going to give it to me? You'd like, well, that's the thing you see. So you, they, it's never guaranteed either. So they might say we're rejecting it because I don't know, there's something wrong with your application and stuff. So you've, Got to be smart as well as obviously when you when you're doing something spontaneously. So, um, <laughs> but no, I, I think that's part of traveling. I think so. Um, yeah, absolutely. As I said to you, the urge as you as I, just talking to you, you've got that urge. You want to go, go for it. I always say, if you if you want to go, just go for it. Absolutely. I mean, for me, the best way to spend money is traveling. Um, oh yeah. I I will. I will save my money to be able to travel before I think of buying a car. That is just, I mean, to spend money in a car for me is throwing money into a metal box. <laughs> but to travel, to travel is just the experiences you get. The, I mean, it's everything. For me, just traveling. See, when I was finishing high school, my choices for jobs, for careers, were always which career will allow me to travel. That's what I wanted so, to do. It's yes. like any career that will allow me to travel, that's what I want to do. So obviously things change. You never know what destiny you have. And then I ended up modeling and traveling everywhere, which never planned it. It just happened. So it was perfect. You know, and now here I am in South Africa with a travel agency. One of the things that it does affect is maybe person maybe your your love life or you might but then when you're traveling, you don't really care about all that sort of stuff, do you? Because all you think about is because you, you're with people and you're they become like your family, don't they? You then know? you have all these new people you meet, all these new experiences yes. will take that. Also, I mean, hello, we don't need to be obsessed with being in a relationship, but the good thing would be to find somebody that was willing to travel with you. Yeah. The difficult thing is that has the time to travel as much as you. Yeah. But I mean, it's perfect when you find that person that is willing to travel, that is as interested as you are in traveling. And it's as curious as you are to go to many different destinations because there's also the people that like to go to the same place all the time. Thank you for coming on. And um, you have me as a friend forever. So uh, and I will call awesome. you and, when I, when I, when, when I come to Africa. If you come to South Africa or anywhere in Africa, you must call me and I, I will yes, help you as much absolutely. as I can. And you and can find Herman uh, on, just, just tell them where you can find Well, I'm on Instagram with Nanan Travel. I'm on um, YouTube channel, also Nanan Travel. Facebook, 
everything is done on travel pinterest youtube instagram and facebook and twitter and as well to organize twitter as well yes none on travel everything yeah. is done on travel very simple um so yes contact me follow me subscribe whatever it is <laughs> right aman thank you very much and uh so much. when i'm in africa i will be i'll be calling you up i'm looking forward to that thanks so much chips no problem take care i'll speak to you soon right. bye bye you can follow my guests on all of their social media platforms the details are in the description That's it for Take a Wonder with Shebs. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms. Until next time, bye for now.